0: past lives revisited every week we will cover one of the many cases of reported reincarnation experiences so that we can explore the concept of reincarnation and bring the discussion out into the light about what happens to our souls after death our story today comes from ireland and england as we explore the past life memories of jenny coquel and her memories of her life as mary sutton jenny has written several books and you can access them on amazon Her titles include Past Lives Eternal, Across Time and Death and probably her most famous one, Yesterday's Children, in which she recounts the full story we'll go into today. I'd also like to thank Raphael Crooks for providing us with his beautiful music on freepd.com public domain music site and I'd like to thank Thanatos TV for their interview with Jenny on YouTube and Real Families for their documentary These Children Remember Past Lives. Jenny Cockle's reincarnation story is interesting in that her memories that she carried as a child remained in her memory all her life. As a child, she experienced nightmares and woke up crying, and she told her mother she had nightmares about being an adult and then dying. Jenny's mother, Patricia Nid, felt helpless to help her daughter and felt like Jenny's memories were beyond her experience. She says... Jenny began to tell me about the nightmares and why she often woke up crying, and that was because she had nightmares about being an adult dying. I just felt awful. This was beyond my experience. This was my daughter, and I could do nothing to help her, nothing to ease her pain, nothing to make her feel better except be there when she wanted to talk and just wait to see what developed. The memories haunted Jenny, And unlike a lot of children who have past life memories, she carried those memories into her teens and adulthood. She remembered dying in a hospital room, leaving behind her eight children, alone and vulnerable with an uncertain future. She grew up with a sense of having deserted her children and that she felt that she'd let them down and she felt a burning need to try and find them again. Eventually she reached an age where she could start to research her past life in an attempt to find her children and discover how they'd fared. Jenny states, "'Mary was to me who I was, who I had been. "'I had very personal memories of bringing up those children. "'When I was a small child, she was still a part of me. "'Jenny says that she has always had the memories of being Mary,' And she says it is exactly like the memories we all have now in our current life, in that you remember fragments of your life. You don't remember every event or every moment of it. So she could remember incidents, things that happened, family members, places and things that she did with the family. She also particularly remembered a town in Ireland. When she was a child, she would remember the village and she used to draw maps of it. She said she tends to remember textures, feelings, smells and events of things. Jenny gives the example of her memories being tied to feelings by reminiscing about Mary's youngest child. She remembers him fidgeting with the bottom of his clothing, putting his fingers under the edge of it all the time. She laughs as she remembers with a wince that it was slightly annoying, but she found out later that Mary's youngest child, Franca, actually did do that. Jenny says that it is in fact the emotional tie to the memories that drives you to try and find the family from the past. She says if they were just factual memories with no sensation attached, most people probably wouldn't go to the trouble of finding out about them. One really sweet memory she has is of the time she had to restuff the mattresses. She said they used chaff to stuff the mattresses and every year it had to be replaced as it would grow hard and compress. One year she stuffed it too full and they couldn't get it back through the door, and they all fell about in fits of laughter. Jenny always knew that the events she was remembering were from a past life, but she never spoke about them until she went to Sunday school. Jenny said that in Sunday school they were having discussions about life and death and what happens after you die, and Jenny was confused because she couldn't work out why nobody was talking about what happened before this life. She spoke to her mother about it, and she said her mother seemed a bit surprised, but took it in her stride. So when Jenny described her memories and asked why nobody spoke about things like that, her mother said, oh, it's a belief. It's called reincarnation. Jenny was confused and questioned, why is it a belief? To her, it wasn't a belief. It was a fact. She was unable to reconcile the thought that other people didn't have past life memories. She went through quite a few years being confused why other people didn't talk about their past lives, and then when she realised they weren't going to talk about them, she thought they were in denial. She honestly thought that everybody surely could remember their past lives. It took her a long time to realise that people were actually being honest when they told her they had no past life memories. Jenny lived in England, and her memories of Mary Sutton and her children clearly came from Ireland, so she had to wait until she was an adult before she could try and find them. However, as is often the way, her own current life delayed her search when she started having children in this incarnation. As time went on, she realised she'd suppressed a lot of her memories so that she could cope with living in the here and now. But it reached the point where she was becoming too bothered by having to suppress it and she knew that it was time. She had to go to Malahide to try and find the children. Jenny started to feel an overwhelming need to see them and to meet them again. She needed to find out what had happened to them to make sure that they were all right. She also wanted to find them for her own sense of closure and truth. She relates that when you're growing up and you relate your past memories to other people, often they will say, oh, well, but you know it's not real. And you know, unequivocally, that it is real. Jenny felt that she needed to be able to have the proof to say with conviction to herself so that she could own the memory and undeniably say this is my memory this is real and also so that she had verifiable proof against the naysayers who were trying to convince her that it wasn't real. She went public with the story because it was cathartic for her to do so It made her feel easier about the subject, but she also realised that other people would be in the same boat and it might help them to come to terms with their own journey through it. She felt it might make it easier for others to hear her story because she'd had so much rejection from people who just wouldn't accept it. She says that one of the things her experiences did teach her was to be tolerant of other people's views. So finally she decided to plan a weekend trip to Malahide. Malahide was originally settled by the Vikings in 795 at the site, so they could use the estuary. It has a long and rich history through the ages. Its popularity as a seaside destination began during the Georgian era, and that has provided many fine examples of Georgian architecture in the town. In the 60s, developers started creating housing estates around the village core of Malahide, and spread out from there, but the village core has remained intact. Jenny says that the first trip to Malahide was quite helpful because everything she remembered unfolded in front of her and when she walked around the streets, she knew which way to turn. She started retracing an outing she remembered walking when she was Mary. She couldn't remember where they were going, she just remembered walking in that direction. At one point, halfway up Church Street, she went to turn left into a shortcut and then realised that the shortcut wasn't there and there was a house there. It was quite a lot later that she found out that there had in fact been a shortcut there and that the trip they'd been making, and therefore had probably made many times, was a trip to see Mary's sister. Jenny said it was really strange because when you go somewhere after a long time, it's the changes that you notice, and even though she'd never been to Malahide before, she was recognising changes they'd made. For example, the jetty was now concrete and it used to be wood, She said she could find the street she lived on, but it had changed so much due to the housing development that she couldn't find much there. So most of her research actually occurred when she came back and she started to write to people. She managed to find a neighbour who could remember the family and was able to give Jenny the surname, which she hadn't been able to remember. When Jenny decided to try and find the children and knowing they'd been split up and sent to different orphanages, She contacted all of the orphanages in Dublin. That is where the boys were sent originally after being moved to Cork when they ran away. However, changes in policy meant that a lot of the orphanages had been shut down and the children moved either to care or adoption. Jenny found assistance from a really nice priest, who helped her find the baptism records for some of the children in the Malahide Catholic Church. That gave Jenny definite names and dates of birth. Jenny put an advert in a newspaper, and someone replied and gave her the contact details of one of the brothers. She phoned and had a very difficult conversation where she explained why she was ringing, and she was given the contact information for the older brother, Sonny, as well. However, the first conversation was so difficult it took Jenny a few weeks to regroup and try again. In the interim, she'd seen a program on TV about past life memories, and she realised that things might go easier with her first contact if she could encourage a researcher to come out with her to give her story a bit more credence and believability for the children. The researcher was willing to interview Sunny and Jenny separately before they met and wanted to use the footage for a program she was doing, but ended up dropping it, which Jenny found to be quite a relief as it took the pressure off. When Sunny and Jenny did agree to meet up, Jenny had compiled the information both she and Sunny had provided, comparing where their stories matched, and ended up with nine pages where their stories were the same. Even small points of information matched. For example, Jenny was asked whether there were any pets, and she replied that there was. There was a little dog, but it wasn't hers, it belonged to the children. And she and Sunny both gave the same description of the dog. Jenny and Sonny finally met when she drove up to meet him, and the meeting went remarkably well. Sonny was very accepting. At the time, Sonny was around 72, and Jenny was in her late 30s. Sonny recalls standing at the window one day, and a cab pulled up outside. He called to his wife that a woman was getting out of the car in front of his house, and she looked very much like his mother. On Sonny's mantelpiece was a picture of his mother as a young woman with a child at her side, and the similarity between Jenny Cockell as a younger woman is remarkable. The two women are so alike they could definitely be mistaken as sisters. Sonny says Jenny has a soft, gentle voice the same as his mother had. Initially, Jenny didn't mention reincarnation to Sonny at their meeting, as she didn't think it was a good idea to start out with. She simply mentioned that she'd had some memories that she'd had in dreams to try and make it seem less confronting. But just to clarify, most of Jenny's memories were actually memories, and the only memories that she had that came out of her dreams were the memories relating to Mary's death, as she used to have nightmares about it. When Jenny started telling Sunny about her dreams and her memories, Sunny was able to fill in the missing pieces, but at the same time he was flabbergasted and was wondering... How the hell can she know all this? Jenny dreamed of having died in a hospital. Sonny's mother Mary had also died at Rotunda Hospital in Dublin at the age of 37, as a result of complications due to the birth of the eighth child, Elizabeth. In a coincidental twist, Jenny named her doll Elizabeth when she was a little girl. But the clincher for Sunny was the answer to a mystery that Jenny had never been able to work out through all of her long years of remembering Mary. Jenny says she remembers standing on a jetty and it was dusk and she was waiting for a boat. She said sometimes she would remember it and sometimes it came to her in a dream. But she can clearly remember waiting for a boat. But she was always left with the question about who was she waiting for, who was on the boat. Sonny provided the answer to that question for Jenny when he revealed that he used to regularly take the boat for his work and Mary would come down to the dock to wait for him. She would sit on the stone steps of the jetty and wait for the boat to come in so she could meet Sonny off the boat. Jenny says that she remembers Mary dying. She said she remembers the hospital room which was one storey up and that it had electricity and lit corridors which she wasn't used to experiencing, as they didn't have electricity at home. She went back to the hospital room later and was surprised to find it had two windows, as she only remembered one. But on closer inspection, she realised that there was a pier between the two windows, which prevented her seeing the second one when she was in her hospital bed. After Mary's death, The children's father was unable to care for them as he had a drinking problem and the children as i've mentioned were split up and sent away to orphanages the oldest boy was left with his father as he was able to work however the girls and boys were separated and sent to different orphanages the children didn't see each other after that until jenny came on the scene thereby reuniting them all by bringing them together to discuss the book and her memories before that though the meeting between Jenny and Sonny went so well that they visited it again together several times, and eventually Sonny himself was the one to bring up the concept that perhaps Jenny was the reincarnation of Mary. It was Sonny who said that she should turn her notes into a book. Jenny had been very unsure about writing a book, concerned it might have a negative effect on Mary's family. Very slowly, they managed to trace the rest of Mary's children while working on the book, She was eventually accepted by a publisher, and the first meeting of all of the surviving children was due to the book, as the publishers found the last few people and organised the meeting. Although delighted to be finally meeting them all, Jenny was extremely nervous and very protective of them all, and she didn't bring up reincarnation to them when they gathered together, as she still felt it might be confronting. She also felt uncomfortable because the documentary was also being done at the same time and Jenny wondered if she'd done the right thing by making their very first meeting in front of a film crew. However, Jenny found out later that the family were all actually very pleased with it. Sonny brought up the fact that he thought Mary had been reincarnated in Jenny and asked what the others felt. Everybody accepted that Jenny definitely did have Mary's memories. A few of them felt that it was a psychic connection with her mother rather than reincarnation. Mary left them to their beliefs and accepted their views. She says her own experiences when she was a child of being rebuffed for her views had given her a great deal of compassion and understanding regarding other people's beliefs. Jenny says that while physically she couldn't see the resemblance between her memories of her children and them as older people, she could feel the connection with their personalities absolutely. She said the children had very much the same personalities that she remembered. The mischievous child was still mischievous and the quiet, nervous child was still quiet and withdrawn, sitting back and watching other people, letting them do the talking. Sonny, who had always been absolutely straightforward and direct as a child, was still the same today. She said the children's reactions to her were mixed. Christie, one of the boys, had been to see his priest, who had told him that the Catholic Church doesn't believe in reincarnation. However, it was obvious that something out of the ordinary was happening, and Christie was quite happy to accept that. The two girls were less able to accept it as reincarnation, but they did accept that Jenny definitely had some sort of access to Mary's memories. Jenny said that she felt connected to the children but there was a slight distance still because of the time lag and because of the changes in the lives of the children and because Jenny herself had been living her own life up until the meeting. However, she did manage to maintain a relationship with them for the rest of their lives which she feels very lucky to have been allowed to do. She found that the children, when they were all talking, would start a story and she would find herself saying, Oh yes, I remember, we and would finish the story, or the other way round. Jenny would start talking about a memory, and the child would finish the story off for her. As time moved on, and life took its natural progression, the time came to say goodbye to them again, as the children, now old men and women, passed away. Jenny said she was saddened to be losing them again, but that she'd had the chance to find them, and to know them, and to discover what had happened to them so it was a better parting this time. She was no longer leaving children behind, and it felt like a much more natural process. It could be thought that having a stranger appear in your life claiming to be a deceased relative that you love deeply might cause a degree of angst and upset, as the life of someone you loved is reclaimed by that stranger. And it's also clear that having these memories isn't easy for the person who's telling them either. Jenny recounts in an interview... It's something people don't tell you, the roller coaster ride of the emotional upheaval is quite phenomenal. A lot of people research children who remember past lives, but the children themselves often don't get a say about how it feels, and it really can be quite double-edged in a way. It's fantastic if you can resolve the life, but some part of you is still in the past, and then all of a sudden you meet everybody and then everything catches up. You remember the children. You remember the family, as it was the moment you died. You know they've grown up and that you'll meet them as adults, but then some part of the unconscious hasn't quite caught up with that until you meet the people again, and it's really disturbing. It takes quite a while to regain your equilibrium after that experience. It's worth doing, definitely worth doing, but it is quite unbalancing. However, it seems that Jenny's quest was a positive and healing journey for both sides. As Jenny finally got to validate her story, and more importantly for her, gained solace that the children had turned out okay, despite their rocky start in life, and that they'd gone on to live happy, productive lives. For the children, as mentioned previously, the siblings all ended up back in contact again. Jenny herself is glad she went through the experience, even though it was quite confronting. On the whole the whole encounter for everyone appears to have been a positive experience. Patricia Nid, Jenny's own mother, related that, far from being threatened by Jenny seeking out her past family, she was in fact grateful. She stated, "'I was so happy for her, that after all of these years of agonising about everything and being so concerned about the children and unable to do anything or find out anything, to finally find out they were all all right and had had good lives,' that what had happened to them being sent to an orphanage hadn't destroyed them as people. Well, I was just so happy for her. Patricia then goes on to relate how the experience helped her as well in regard to the death of her son. She states, My eldest son was killed in 1986, and his daughter was killed last year, but it does make it a little easier being convinced that there is continuation. Christians say the soul doesn't die, and it obviously doesn't. It goes from person to person which is something I couldn't have believed myself thinking at one time, but now it has become blazingly obvious. Sunny Sutton said, The way I looked at it was, when me mum died, I said to myself, that's my life gone. Without her, what am I going to do? I loved me mother, and I lost me mother, and Jenny has come into my life now, and she's a great substitute for me mother. Jenny herself seems to have found peace and closure from her experiences. When asked by the interviewer if these memories have affected her life now, Jenny laughs and says she thinks the memories she has have quite swamped her life. She says each time she's resolved a past life, she finds another one starting to resurface that she feels she has to work through. It almost sounds like the natural block that stops most of us from remembering our lives before doesn't work properly for Jenny and her past lives keep seeping around the edges of the block. She says she has finally reached a point where she's been able to stop researching and finding her past lives because she's reached a point where she's resolved them enough for them to lose their pull on her. I hope you enjoyed hearing Jenny's story, and if you'd like to explore it further, you can find Jenny's interviews on YouTube, and her books can be purchased on Amazon and several online sites like Felicity and World of Books. The movie, Yesterday's Children, starring Jane Seymour, can also be found on YouTube. Thank you for listening to Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. We hope you enjoyed this case. If you have any interesting stories about reincarnation or if you can relate your own past life experience, I'd love to hear about it and I can be reached at reincarnationplr at gmail.com or through my website reincarnationplr.com If you'd like to keep up to date on my latest podcast posts, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and you can find me under reincarnationplr. We'll be back again soon with another episode, but until then, remember you are unique and your life has a purpose.